Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 230. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by an amazing member, instructor from the Blueprint Live Online Instructor Core. We are continuing our breakdown of Full Length One, from Blueprint MCAT. We are doing the psych Soch section, passage three. We're gonna dive right in and continue our breakdown. Remember that you can get Full Length One for free by signing up for a free account at blueprintmcat.com. Paul, back for some more MCAT podcasts. <sighs> psych Soch. It's it's either fun or it's not fun. <laughs> uh, what's what's your biggest piece of advice for psychosoc? I know a lot of students they they know about this hundred page psychosoc document, this three hundred page psychosoc document, and and the general wisdom is go memorize all of that and you'll get a one thirty two. What are your thoughts? Uh, nope, <laughs> uh, not the way to go. Um, my advice on on psychosoch is as you're learning it try to personalize all these different theories or maybe ideas and like and disorders be like i have that disorder darn it that's what you do in med school anyway (laughs) yeah you you tie them into your real life yeah um and so like oh yeah this makes sense because when i was in third grade i did this and (laughs) Uh, don't just sit there and memorize like definition after definition after definition or disorder disorder. I mean, sure, that's not going to be bad. It's not going to make you do worse. But if you can tie them in with examples from your life, uh, that's going to be way better. Because the MCAT isn't just going to ask you for a straight up definition. It's a lot of times uh, going to be tied into like the example in the passage or maybe in the question stem. Uh, you'd be like, oh, that sounds really similar to when I was in college and I had this friend and they did this. Oh, and that was this theory. Um, mm. And so I'd say personalize it, make it yours for a psych social. Make it yours. Take all of those theories and disorders and just go, I have them all. <laughs> yes, that that was my dysfunctional family growing up. Oh man, that that is most definitely what you do when when learning psychiatry stuff in in medical school. It's like, um, <laughs> this is me <laughs> to a T. I didn't know I had this disorder. Oh, yeah. Everything everything out of context you have, uh, but when you add context and nuance into it, then you're like, oh yeah, that's not me. Uh, all right, passage three. Let's rock and roll. All right, let's jump right in. 
Multiple sclerosis, MS, is a chronic progressive disorder that affects the central nervous system by damaging the flow of information throughout the brain and the rest of the body. Some scientists believe the damage is caused by a faulty autoimmune response in which a person's immune system mistakenly attacks healthy nervous system tissue and produces inflammation. This could be due to a genetic predisposition that is triggered by environmental factors and psychosocial dynamics. Regardless of the specific cause, damage to the nervous system produces debilitating symptoms that can affect nearly every function of the body. Symptom severity can stabilize or worsen over time, creating unpredictability that could result in difficulty coping, decreased self-efficacy, changes in health locus of control, LOC, and decreased quality of life. All right, so a lot of info, first passage. Yep. Um, first paragraph i would note right off the bat hey we're talking multiple sclerosis um and i would yeah i would also note it's chronic Pro chronic progressive disorder so it's going to stick around for a long time and it will be getting worse um there's a lot of detail in this that i'm not going to go into and highlight but i probably want to know broad picture that is uh, central nervous system and it may involve that immune system that autoimmune response um, so possibly that autoimmune response. And at the end, we're giving a lot of symptoms. I'm not going to highlight every single one, but I am just going to highlight like symptoms. And so I know where I can come back and find the list of all of these, um, these different symptoms that are being described by the passage. And then I go ahead and move on to the next paragraph. So don't get lost in the details. That's what I'd always tell myself. Mm. One study followed a group of 200 patients with relapsing remitting MS for two years to examine the progression of symptoms and psychosocial outcomes over time. Baseline measurements indicated that patients experienced a wide range of problems, which are outlined in table one. Shorter paragraph, I would note specifically, we're talking about relapsing remitting MS. And then I would just probably highlight over time. So it looks like we're going to be following these, these people over time. Um, and that's all I would really note from this paragraph. If I needed to come back for more details, I could. Hmm. And then table one, percentage of patients with symptom endorsement at baseline. And then we have a huge list of symptoms. Um, and then percent yes, and we're giving a bunch of just data in here. I am not going to get lost in this. It's very tempting to go through every single one. I maybe look at this and note, hey, difficulty walking is pretty high, 48.9. Numbness or tingling, 63.5, that's pretty high. Uh, that vision dysfunction also, 48.4%, that's pretty high as well. Um, if I need to know more, shoot, I'll come back later. Uh, but I'm not going to spend too much more time in this uh, in this figure. It looks just kind of like a list and a bunch of percentages. So I'm going to go ahead and move on uh, to the next paragraph. So the final paragraph, every six months, patients answered, answered questions about current symptoms, self-efficacy, external locus of control, depression, general stress, psychological distress, social support, and coping strategies. Results indicated that there was a shift in self-efficacy, locus of control, 
and negative affect as the disorder progressed over time. At the end of the study, 85.6% of patients exhibited an external locus of control and reported significantly increases in anxiety, stress, and depression, as well as decreases in self-efficacy and consistently high symptom severity ratings. Those who maintained an internal locus of control experienced lower levels of symptom severity, depression, anxiety, and stress, and reported higher levels of perceived social support, positive coping, self-care, and general knowledge about MS. Ooh, okay. Um, I am going to want to note some of these kind of broad relationships, uh, specifically that it, it looks like this 85% of patients um, are now ex having this external locus of control, and then these increases of anxiety, stress, depression. So I want to know those things that increase. I'll probably would highlight increase, anxiety, stress, depression. Um, and then additionally, we have decreases in self-efficacy and those high uh, symptom severity uh, ratings. And then on this last sentence, I'm not going to highlight all of it, uh, but I do want to have some kind of takeaways from it um, with people who like have that internal locus of control. So I'd probably start at internal um, and go down to just those lower levels of symptom severity, depression, anxiety, stress. And then you could group that high levels of social support, positive coping, self-care, knowledge about MS, but just some kind of good categorical relationships because um, the MCAT loves asking about like correlation, especially I feel like in psych social, that's where they really dust off all like the experimental design and data analysis um, odds and ends they haven't already tested you on. <laughs> and so I just want to note like, okay, I'm going to come back here if I need to figure out what goes up and what goes down. Yeah. All right. So this, this one will be interesting for me because <clears throat> there, there was a point where we thought I had MS, although we don't think that now we think I just had, um, either uh what's the what's the term for like a one-time attack but uh cis uh i don't know uh, i i have some demyelinating lesions the same that you see in ms but they they aren't progressive at this point so knock knock on wood um all right there, there we go so question 10 which of the following statistics would give us information about new cases of multiple sclerosis in a community over the past year all right. So right off the bat, I just get frustrated. I'm like, I just spent all that time reading and you're not even going to ask me about it. Um, so mortality, no prevalence, uh, I think is, is total cases. Risk ratio doesn't make sense. I think incidence is what tells us new information, new cases, if I remember correctly, or is it prevalence? Oh, you're you're remembering correctly. Okay, good. <laughs> you scared yeah, me with that silence. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so incidence tells you kind of what's what new is going on. Prevalence is kind of in total what what's out there. Yep, that is correct. And you do need to know that for the MCAT. Yeah. All right. Ooh, question eleven, a Roman numeral question. One of our favorites. 
Which of the following characteristics of multiple sclerosis could contribute to the development of an external locus of control? Roman numeral one, that etiology of multiple sclerosis is unclear and there is no way to prevent the disease's development. Two, patients with multiple sclerosis often feel victimized by the disease as it is an extremely disruptive force in their lives. Three, the progression of multiple sclerosis is incredibly variable and unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. So, so this one just hits way too close for home for me. Cause again, like I went through this period where I'm like, I, I have MS and I definitely had an external locus of control for a little while. Um, and, and so I think the answer choice here is, is D which is Roman numeral one, two, and three. Like all of this is, is a problem with MS. It's unclear why it happens. Uh, there's no way to prevent it. Um, it. We have some good medications now, but it's still kind of out there. It's still progressive disease. Uh, patients uh, do feel victimized because it's, it's a disruptive force in your life. Uh, when you're going through MS flares, like it's, it's incredibly disruptive. Um, and then three, the progression of MS is variable and unpredictable. That was something I told myself all the time. I'm like, I could wake up tomorrow and not be able to move my legs. Like, that's no fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I was uh, being a little dramatic when I was first going through this. But yeah, Android D seems like it's the most obvious to me. That is absolutely correct. Um, so external locus of control, like you don't have control over your life or what's going on. There's some external power force take your pick but yep one two and three all of those will um play into that um and also i will say i'm glad that you didn't have get a diagnosis of ms but like like i say said before like outside knowledge can really help you on the mcat um and also for this passage myself i my grandmother had primary progressive ms mm. um and i worked very closely um with someone right when they received a diagnosis of ms uh, when i was working at a gym and so you can definitely use that kind of personal experience to, to get your way through through anything that is relevant, minus cars. Don't bring it in the cars. <laughs> don't bring it in the um, cars. <laughs> but for psych social, definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Question 12. What type of study is described in the passage? A, longitudinal cohort design, B, randomized controlled design, C, cross-sectional design, or D, case control design. And so Anstroy's A stands out right away for me because they talked about one study followed, <laughs> followed and longitudinal seem to go hand in hand, uh, followed patients for two years. So longitudinal cohort to me is the right answer. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Going over two years, looking at those outcomes over time, that is longitudinal, like to the T. Uh, do you want to explain cross-sectional or case-controlled design? Yeah. So cross-sectional, I kind of, it sounds silly, but I think of it as like a cake and you're just cutting like the cake in half and looking at something like cutting through all the data and taking like a picture um, kind of right in, in the, the middle of it. And so it's going to be one point in time, just kind of taking a glance at what's going on. Uh, the, the key on that oftentimes for the MCAT is like one point in time where you're just mm -hmm. looking at a bunch of stuff. Um, and then case control design, uh, that's going to be when we're looking at like uh, 
people or individuals with the disease uh, and then comparing them uh, to other individuals that don't have the disease. Uh, and in this scenario, we were only looking at people that had that diagnosis of MS, specifically like one type, relapsing remitting MS. Uh, we weren't looking um, at any individuals that didn't have um, a diagnosis of MS in this study. Yeah. All right. I'm crushing this this passage. If only all the questions were about MS or anything I've struggled with in the past. <laughs> this is nice. Um, question 13. It's up all, all you. Which of the following statements is supported by the results of the study? So we have A, there could be a negative correlation between symptom severity and negative effect. B, Neg there negative, could be a... Ne I'm just, I want to... I want to highlight that word a little bit better. Negative oh, affect. Affect. Yes. Affect. Like facial. That, yes. That's on me. I, yeah. I should know better than that. Yep. <laughs> facial expressions. and yep. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, B, there could be a positive correlation between depression and external locus of control. C, there could be a positive correlation between internal locus of control and stress. D, there could be a negative correlation between perceived social support and knowledge about MS. So now this, I have to remember what positive correlation and negative correlation mean. Um, so interest A, there could be a negative correlation between symptom severity and negative affect. I don't know. Did they talk about affect at all? Um, I, I, I don't think so. That's, it seems like that's making a, a leap to something that they didn't really talk about anywhere. So I'm going to, I'm going to ignore a, did they talk about affect somewhere? They oh yeah. Negative it. affect in the last paragraph here, locus of control, negative affect as the disorder progressed over time. Okay. Um, I'm still going to ignore it because I don't know if I like that one. Negative correlation, symptom severity, and I don't know. Answer is B, there could be a positive correlation between depression and external locus of control. So, right, we, we know that external locus of control basically is you don't have control, therefore you're, you're more stressed, you're more depressed, you're more anxious. Um, your symptoms are worse in terms of uh, your ratings. Um, but I'm going to be completely thrown off because I don't remember like positive correlation. Yes, like there's positive correlation between depression and external locus of control because depression is worse. Is that what they mean by positive correlation? I don't know. So I really like B, potentially. C, there could be a positive correlation between internal locus of control and stress. And, and so this throws me off, right? Because stress is reduced when you have internal locus of control. Is that a positive correlation or is that a negative correlation? I don't know. I know how they relate, but I don't know this term, positive or negative correlation. And then answer choice D, there could be a negative correlation between perceived social support. So that one, so so A and D to me are, are a little more wonky um, just in terms of what they're focusing on. B and C more focus on, yes, this is the things that are going on. And so the question is, what's the definition of positive correlation? Uh, I'm going to go with B because I think that is the right answer, but I, I'm thrown off by negative and positive correlation, what that means. So 
B is correct. But why don't you tell me <laughs> for what the wrong reason? The definition of positive correlation is. Um, so positive correlation. So obviously we know correlation, right? Correlation, something's related here. So positive correlation to me seems like the things that are related, they're they're increasing, positive, like it's feeding into um, versus negative, like taking away from reducing that correlation. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you're absolutely right. B is the right answer. Um, positive correlation is going to be that when one variable increases, the other one also tends to increase. Uh, it may not be causation. We don't want to don't get yep. into that causation trap. Okay. Uh, but they tend to like both either increase together or like the when one decreases, the other one tends to decrease. So if we were kind of graph it, uh, maybe a bunch of different points with a uh, like say for B depression on your X axis and external locus of control on the Y axis, mm -hmm. you would notice the the dots kind of have a line where it's like a positive slope. If we were to put like a line best fit through the different dots. Um, okay. Where so, negative so even if both decrease, that's still a positive correlation. Yep. They okay. move together, whether it's up together. or down. Okay. And so answer choice C, I think a lot of students will go, wait, but there's, there's that correlation with, internal locus and stress, but as internal locus increases, stress decreases. So that's where the negative, that that's why it's not positive, correct? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Don't put value judgments into like positive is good, negative is bad. Um, like there's a, a bunch of positives and negatives that you, you'll see across psychosoc. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's very tempting to think of like positive is good, negative is bad, uh, but that can, they can have answer choices that hinge on you thinking that way that that to tempt you into that mm. or it'll be incorrect yeah all right so we got that one and that's the the last question so i think i i think i got 100 percent on this passage i think so that's that's a that's Excellent a rarity job. that's a rarity for me <laughs> you should sign up for uh, an mcat right now uh no no i will not <laughs> unless it all happens to be about ms uh that would be a much better one so again i i think you've pointed out multiple times now outside knowledge is good except for cars definitely uh it will hurt you big time in cars. It hurt me big time. A first few exams. I, I was a philosophy and history undergrad. Oh. <laughs> and so I had a lot of relevant outside knowledge. I was like, Oh, I know this philosopher. Oh, I've studied this event. And like, no, this author has it wrong. The right answer is this. And I was not doing too well. Um, so for everything else you can use outside knowledge, but cars flush that knowledge away for those eight hours or that one section of, of the MCAT do not use it. Uh, but psychosoc definitely you can. All right. There you have it. Some more full length one for you. Psych passage three from the final section here on full length one from blueprint MCAT. Remember you can get full length one for free by signing up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com, And you can get a half length diagnostic, which I highly recommend you take as well as study planner tool and much more. And they also have an amazing set of new flashcards, which I don't know if you've heard about, but you can check those out as well. MCATflashcards.com. Calm. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast.
This is MedEd Media.